Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer with Ken's Five in San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hey, we're going to do a little something different today. We're going to have a guest uh, who, um, you, you know, the Spurs have Chip England as a shooting guru. Maybe our guest can rival that. Yeah, he is, uh, well, he's the founder of the Gallo Shot Making Method. Uh, he is Roger Gallo, and he's going to come on and talk to us about the shot-making method, uh, his work in the NBA, maybe a little Spurs talk with him, and much, much more. So we're going to just dive right into this. Roger, welcome to Locked on Spurs. Hey, thank you very much. I'm excited to be a part of it. You, you know what really captured my eye and why I had, you to, I had to have you come on Locked on Spurs? It's not simply because, like, you, yeah, it's not simply because you, 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 know, you know how to make shooting easy is because you <laughs> okay. actually used the SpongeBob Krabby Patty secret formula. Uh, meme. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I am a big nerd, a huge nerd. Okay. Like, and I make, I don't hide it. I don't hide it. Everybody knows it. So when I saw on your website, uh, the Gallo method and SpongeBob twirling a ball on his finger and referring to the episode about the Krabby Patty secret formula, how it was all top secret. I thought that was hilarious. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Are, are you going to spill you. the beans on, on what the, what the formula is today? Well, I, I, I'm very, um, let me see. Uh, some people would probably call me paranoid to some degree. And it's because I don't put a lot of stuff out there on video. I, I, I'm still trying to get my head around that, Jeff, what yeah. to put out that I can, that doesn't give away all the, all of the secrets. Yeah. I, I yeah. left a good paying corporate job Right. Uh, earlier than I should have. Uh, I thought the basketball world would be as excited as I was to start hearing about the discoveries and the and what I was beginning to re- reveal about the existing traditional shot system mm-hmm. and all of its challenges that are inherent with that, that I grew up on and having been a third leading scorer in the country in college and an yeah. NBA prospect at six feet tall, that was my calling card shooting Mm -hmm. and and being effective at it scoring so to find out accidentally many years later that what because i had never questioned any of it much of it was just adopted because it became popular right some great shooter appeared on tv and you go oh well if he does that that's what you are more or less and it became very popular and we're uh, you know Chip England and and the guy he's royalty when it comes to basketball shooting right mm-hmm. he's a shooting coach um, he's doing he's using those same core tenets that I didn't intend to abandon but mm-hmm. ultimately that's what I've done by virtue of going outside of basketball and talking to people who knew more about the body how mm-hmm. it works anatomy universities around me in Philly. I could go into the kinesiology department and pick their brains a little bit when I started stumbling onto some interesting discoveries about how we shouldn't have, how I shouldn't have done that. And yet that was the predominant way to do it. And it it, it just kept sucking me in further and further and further. Awesome. Follow him. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter at Gallo Method and visit his website, rogergallo.com. And um, definitely check out the SpongeBob meme. I thought that was hilarious. Um, so basically, you know, from what I can gather here is that 
you, you know, well, first of all, your your college playing day stats are just incredible. I, I mean, just just oh, I blew you. my mind. I blew my mind. Third leading score in the country when you were uh, a four year starter at Juanita College. Um, you know, identified as an NBA prospect by an NBA scout. Uh, leading score each season. Second team All Middle Atlantic Conference. Your freshman and sophomore season. I mean, the, I could go on and on and on. So, needless to say. Our guest right now knows a thing or two about shooting. He can back it up. But you know, you 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 one thing you push on your website is that it's a non-complicated method. Oh how yeah, really how, how how are we able to take the shot, the outside shot, and distill it down to something so simple? Um there by virtue of how the body is intended to move is one of the core elements as to why it's more simple, it's more seamless, it's more effortless. Now, that that sounds like a simplified statement, but how the body should move under certain conditions. And the great news is for basketball shooting, it worked. It was I was able to implement it because I had shot the other way. Mm-hmm. not doing it in honor of or respecting the way we should move in those circumstances, if that makes sense to you and your audience. But mm-hmm. I began, so I had to try it. If I pick somebody's brain in the kinesiology department after showing them what I was beginning to do because I, I accidentally noticed something very positive while I was on the court, they would fill in those gaps because I had a hard time getting my head around it. But, they were so powerfully impactful that it was hard to turn my back on it knowing how much time and repetition I put in to becoming a a so-called master of shooting to some degree Mm -hmm. that way as compared to this. And the reality is in in four or five weeks while still working full-time, I had consciously made the decision that I'm probably going to change my shot. I was in my fifties. My I was yeah. I was well into my fifties when that notion occurred to me. And then articles like the New York Times and others started appearing. Uh, the caption was uh, 50 years of practice, comment, right. no results." That article was about foul <laughs> shooting. Foul shooting, the simplest shot right. of the game. Despite all the other advancements, foul shooting did not improve. So. Uh, the simplification comes also by result of eliminating excessive movement that mm-hmm. we've been urged and taught to do. And some of those movements are generated or, or performed by some of the, well, one, by the weakest part of the entire shooting system that anybody utilizes. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait what? the weakest part. Yeah, what 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 would you say is the in your in your in your your time and you know teaching and educating about the basketball shot here? Would you say is the most fundamental thing mechanic that players get wrong? Oh boy, that's a great question. The most fundamental, and it's it's not it's not really their fault. It is predicate. It's really based in the fact that we've been taught to gooseneck that hand in the cookie jar is one of the biggest. Wow. Uh, by the way, the statement I just made seconds ago, 
that's the weakest part of the entire shooting system of anybody's. It's the most unreliable, the most finicky, but yet we place so much emphasis. Every time somebody yells out follow through, that's an indicator that they're focusing on that area. Mm-hmm. It's the weakest part of our entire body. It takes six pounds of pressure to break that wrist. Wow. Six pounds. That's not a lot of pressure. But And, and there was a player, uh, Silas, uh, I forget, Xavier Silas, who when really? he was with Philadelphia. He's a good friend Xavier, of mine. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a good friend of mine. He's, he's, a, he's a San Antonio guy. He's a San Antonio kid. <laughs> he, he actually fractured. And God, I, I hate to, I didn't want to, I should have probably mentioned the name, but he actually fractured, stress fractured his wrist, his hand area. Wow. Because of, he, he regularly did what I call a very violent gooseneck. There's some less violent ones, but he did a very violent one to the point where it caught my attention. And it did, it did, frankly, it didn't surprise me that doing reps after reps after reps after reps trying to prove his shooting, kudos to him for being still motivated to do so. He, he fractured, he strained his hand, he, he injured himself. Interesting. What if Interesting. what what if Roger Galo says to Jeff G and the audience, you know what? How many percentage points more could somebody garner from a consistency and accuracy basis if they took that that amount of responsibility and redirected it to a more stable, stronger part of that shooting system? Would it follow logically that you'd become a little bit better? All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Pick has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Pick offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's it. Using the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play right now. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. But sounds logical. And that's yes, yes, sounds logical. Some of the things yeah. this journey has exposed to me. And that's one small yeah, element know, that we're talking about. It's an important element. I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I just find it fascinating and I and I, 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 I get antsy to jump in because I, I you know, you, you think about the follow through, the gooseneck, you, you know, and how much is just out there, you know, whether it be <laughs> just in movies, you know, it's just simple as movies. Oh yeah. Um yeah emphasizing the the gooseneck to what you see when the NBA or teams release practice footage and you see in the background, you know, oh, follow through, follow through, follow through. But is is it simply something uh, of a comfortability thing? Like, I guess my question oh, to you, no, sir, absolutely is... absolutely not. No. 
it's uh, what if a player it, just just is i mean how do you get a player out of that mindset of the follow through uh very frankly it's been it's been fairly simple for me for all those that i've trained whether they're 12 years old or 25 years old um it's been fairly simple uh it, a is reducing fatigue in that weakest part b is reassigning more responsibility elsewhere that logically mm-hmm. would 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 relate to or or uh equate to better consistency or a higher percentage um uh, i mean you know we talk about legs getting tired on a shooter right their legs are going they're they're shortening the ball they're blunt, hitting front whatever it is but we don't talk about the wrist do we nope well the don't. wrist is weaker than the, the ankles and far weaker than the legs so wow. what about all that rep what about all that reps yeah, Reggie Miller, was it Reggie who used to shoot for I God, I hope I've got the right player. One of these guys who was a prolific shooter, uh, would have to shoot for three hours. Three games. Three hours? And then you're going to play? Yeah. That sounds like overkill to I, me. Look, yeah, but it certainly does. And and there in three hours of shooting, there's a mindlessness. And this is a big part of why shooting isn't where I, I believe it, it, it should be. There's a mindlessness when we buy into, and I bought into a hook, line, and sinker reps. I shoot 500 sh- shots every day except weekends. I could double that easily, mm-hmm. maybe triple it on the weekends. But wait, how, how much can I stay in the moment, present on all of those attempts? So the qualitativeness behind it or the analysis of why that ball went right, why that happened, what did I do? That doesn't enter our mind. We go chase mm-hmm. the ball come down or have somebody rebound, pass it to us, we take the next shot. And that mindlessness is very uh, plays a bit, huge role in mm-hmm. some of the stagnation or, or the, 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 the lack of results of, uh, occurring at the speed at which I've experienced. Wow. Because my focus is elsewhere. It's more qualitative. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more on getting the buy-in in a very logical, quick-like way. And when you demonstrate it against a player who's in front of you and they see it work, the buy-in does, does happen pretty, fairly quickly, oftentimes. He is Roger Galo, the founder of the Galo Basketball Shot Making System. Check it out at rogergalo.com right now. Um, you know, you, you've you've trained with Boston Celtics, uh, Brad Wanamaker, uh, international players, I, even John Nash, GM of the 76ers. He had a glowing testimonial about you and which anybody can go read at uh, rogergalo.com right now. Um, it, it just tells me that your system, it seems to be worldwide, which leads me to ask you, that your 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 techniques your teachings seem to be you know adapted on all levels of basketball i mean i mean is that safe to say from the pros to the international game even to high school your uh, your skills uh techniques can be adapted by any level uh player can it very perceptive of you um yes at every level uh and it's it's shocking to me even still um, sometimes to, to how different mindsets, personas uh, adjust to it or adopt it and it, at the pace at which they do that sometimes. And, and it's all over the map. 
like I've got a, a, a young girl in Alabama that is uh, progressing unbelievably quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've got college players who are very slow to adapt. And, and some of it is psychological in that, believe it or not, Jeff, um, and, and this might pertain to those like uh, Ben Simmons or, or uh, mm-hmm. uh, Markel Fultz or somebody struggling, MCW. Um, they they may not even think of themselves as ever becoming a good shooter because they it's been so long where they've just resigned themselves to being who they are and what they've, they are and what they've been for all of their basketball life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes that gets in the way of the progress more than the adoption of, of, um, uh, implementing new movements or simpler movements or even reducing movements. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I'm reducing the number, I'm creating an economy of motion by reducing some unnecessary movements, all triggered to one movement. It may trigger three or four movements in that process. Well, mm-hmm. if I'm replacing that, then those two or three that are attached are eliminated or mitigated. And that has the, another reason why the progress can be just hard to believe in, in some cases. Mm-hmm. When, when I think of, uh, and obviously this is a uh, Spurs-centric uh, show, but I got to ask you, you mentioned Beretti, you know, Chip England. Yeah. Um, any stories you could share with us about you learning from him or vice versa, him learning from well, you? And I, as, a, as, as a shot doctor yourself, you know, you know, when you hear the word, the name Chip England, you know, what comes to mind? Well, believe it or not, I would love, and I've never spoken to Chip. Uh, okay. I've, I've picked up some articles anytime I get my hands on them about Chip England and what he's been doing and all that. Uh, probably the, the, the guy I'd like most to have a discussion with, if he's willing to do so. And I mm-hmm. say that because I've tried to talk to some shooting coaches only to find out, A, they have no interest in anything else. Whatever they've been doing for as long as they've been doing it, that's what they're sticking with. And that's mm-hmm. a little disappointing. It wasn't fun for me to learn that. That was most of their attitude. Um, now, because A, I'm one who never intended to become, and by the way, I don't like that term, shooting coach, because mm-hmm. there are two, every basketball coach from high school on up, and sometimes even earlier, they consider themselves a shooting coach. They all yell out or, or instruct the player to, to follow through, to gooseneck, to, to mm-hmm. stand at the foul line a certain way because that's all they know. The, the reality is a, a lot of guys who are shooting coaches, are they've never wandered beyond that comfort zone. And you mentioned the word comfort, that comfort level. But aren't mm-hmm. we as coaches in general in any sport trying to get right. you out of your comfort zone to help you grow? So that's that was disappointing. Um, Chip, I've never spoken to him. Uh, he he does some really good things. He's got elements that are mm-hmm. very strong, and and I honestly believe um, he's got elements that he's just bought into because they worked for him. And I get that. I really right. do get that. But what's fascinating, what will be fascinating to me, and how long has Chip been with the Spurs now? Ooh, uh, I lost count already. I think he, he, he's he been there for quite a while now, years yeah, now. Yeah, right? 
uh, and, and no disrespect intended whatsoever. But if if at la- the last time I followed, well, I, I do follow. I love uh, you know Coach Popovich. I love the fact sure. that they've got a Becky Hammond on the on the staff. Blah 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 blah. But I'll be interested to see. Does that thirty-four percent from the three-ball improve? Don't let the stress of daily life weigh in your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld progressive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it is quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to the website right now, check it out, add the Theragun app to your uh, apps and learn. It'll learn your behaviors, basically. It's just a guide from your routines. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragunbody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragunbody.com slash locked on. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at Built Bar? Well, you can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry. The list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Built Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, they have the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's Built.com, 15% off. Once again, at Built.com. With yeah, somebody I, of his yeah. stature helping yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up because um, that was on my list of questions to ask you is, and you're well aware of this, last season San Antonio was abysmal from the three line or just long distance. I mean, just they, I mean, look what they did in this offseason. They brought in, they brought back Brent Forbes. They bring in Doug McDermott. Um, yep. You hear the players say, you know, from DeJounte Murray to Derek White to Kelton Johnson, we're going to work on our three ball. We're going to work on the three ball. Um, you 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 when are you as somebody who specializes in in the shot here? When you see a team struggling that mightily as the Spurs did last season, you know what do you do? What would be your approach? Just back to basics, or you know how would you attack that problem? Well, that, that, I love the way you phrased it because the back to yeah. the basics would absolutely be out the window. The basics are, really interesting. Are, the basics are part of the problem. You're. You're, I had a discussion with somebody yesterday, uh, two days ago, and he came up with this this uh, summary. Wait, it sounds like you're saying that everything you ever learned about shooting was wrong. So you know that was going to be the title. That was a consideration for the title of the book I'm I'm writing. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, yeah. Because what? I, chip, I, I, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying, like I was sitting here thinking the exact same thing, like. Uh, when you told me about the gooseneck, uh, that blew my mind. I was like, okay, 
interesting. Oh, that's, and that's then, a tenet. Yeah. That is yeah. gospel. My God. Well, well, how would you how would you react to this statement or any shooting coach that I'm sitting here talking to you, hesitating about which one I should isolate the goose egg? Should it be this the 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 lack of an aiming system? Wait, the mm-hmm. lack or the absence of a bona fide aiming system mm-hmm. in shooting at a target? That sounds absurd. Right. Well. Yeah. Ultimately, that's that was one of the revelations that the journey that I unintendedly took has exposed to me. That I grew up, I became who I became, despite I didn't have a very good aiming system. Was it because right. of my vision? No, because what we were, because of what we were taught, mm-hmm. how we were taught to approach the shot, address the ball, if you will, if you're a golfer. What stance do we take on? Mm-hmm. And that stance is, to, to put it in simplistic terms, is a one-sided. We talked about dominant eye in sports, and that was a big topic for, and still is. I'm still asked that question occasionally. What do you think about the dominant eye and the role it plays in shooting? Well, isn't it interesting that we, we don't really talk about that much. We recognize it, and, and we kind of promote it. But the reality is you need both eyes for depth perception. Right. So do you really want to emphasize, and, and I've read books written by shooting coaches about the dominant eye. Well, what if a dominant eye, if, you're, you're, if Jeff G's dominant eye is left eye, but he's right-handed shooter? What wow. kind of havoc does that play in yeah. your shooting ability? And how does yeah. a shooting coach address that when they yeah. don't? I've never heard anybody talk about it. Yeah. No, 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 this is reminding me of, and um, earlier in the show, I mentioned to you, like how I'm a super nerd, big geek, and I don't <laughs> yes, hide it. I, do re- I, 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 I feel like you're about to tell me a Yoda thing and say, you must unlearn <laughs> what you have learned. That's what it feels like right oh, now. Yeah. You're going to just tell me that exactly right now. You can say, Jeff, when it comes to shooting, you must unlearn what you have learned. Is it really simple, simple as that? You know what, Jeff, you you got a great acumen. I, and I mean that since uh, if, if you were a basketball player, you're the guy then I would probably be willing to train almost for free because <laughs> of your acumen. And, and not everybody has that, but that, that's what I've done. I've unlearned everything. I was third in the country. The only reason I was in anybody, Chuck Daly, uh, Jimmy Valvano, uh, Don Hatt, these guys wanted, thought I could play basketball. Mm-hmm. I ended up in Juniata College at D3, so it was a lot easier for me by virtue of some family situational issues. But um, Marty Blake still found me when we didn't have social media in the Internet. When I went off for 50 points, that didn't go viral. <laughs> it might have made yeah. the local newspapers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's – in essence, that's – look, here's the the, the – the question I've come to asking of late, is it conceivable that there could be a categorically superior way to make more shots more easily, faster, uh, more consistently, if it were based almost entirely in the principles of those sciences I've touched on, kinesiology, physics, geometry plays a role in shot making, um, anatomy, how the body should move. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. wait, what is our present system based on? 
popularity. Mm-hmm. It, hey, Sean Marion shoots the way he shot. Uh, a, a guy that played during my ear and, and that I shared uh, while I was featured in the same magazine he was, was a guy by the name of Larry Bird. Larry mm-hmm. Bird shot a very unconventional way with, with those same elements that we've talked about. I didn't mention the elbow under. Larry Bird is the billboard, the definition of truly elbow under. And yet mm-hmm. we still talk about elbow under. I don't see too, too many guys really shoot with elbow under. Not like Larry Bird. What did Larry Bird have to do? How did he have to establish his feet, hip, shoulder position to create a bona fide elbow under shooting technique that he did? Yeah. And you yeah. can look that your audience. I would invite I would invite shoot coaches to look that one up. And most guys don't shoot in, from that kind of a stance. Yeah. And I'm yeah, not advocating he, that that's the way we should shoot, but you can't be square. Here's an interesting point, and we hear announcers talk about this on television, covering basketball at every level. Look how square he is to the basket. Well, when I see somebody line up their foul shot, the only thing that looks squared is their head. <laughs> yeah. In ninety percent of those cases, maybe higher, their head. Some of them don't even have the right foot exactly straight. They tweak it a little bit. They'll, they'll angle it a little bit. Yeah. Wait, that's that part's not square. Well, if that's not square and that's connected to the hip and the knee and the well, the nose aren't square. But we yet we accept what they're saying. There, look how square he is. That's why he's one of the better foul shooters there. <laughs> How but you how, cannot be? Go ahead. No, I how frustrating is it for you when you when you're watching oh games God. and you're seeing that happen, and you know, you, and you're 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 seeing the player do what he has to do to make a shot and line up, and then the free, and then you hear the commentators saying things. I mean, that that's got to like be yeah. like nails yeah, I across pull my the chalkboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, I, I really do. And, and do some you, of the that that article about the New York Times highlighting. Mm-hmm. By the way, you know what the the. Um, the conclusion was by that article, they that? they had invited the input of uh, university, like Columbia University professors. The the conclusion was, with despite all the other advancements, the way players train, how long and stronger they are, and blah 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 blah, they came to the conclusion that there's been no innovation or change in the way we shot, the way we shot. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? That is five interesting. decades and foul shooting had not improved. Wow. Wow. That's, that's that's enough to, from Roger Gale, that was enough to keep me on that track. What, what else did I discover? What else Absolutely. did I do that wasn't the best thing to do? So, yeah. If, when, when, you know, you know, again, you know, we're, you know, we're focusing on basketball shooting and, and the Spurs now. And I want to circle back to something that we touched on earlier about the Spurs uh, shooting woes last season from beyond the arc. Um, it was well oh, documented. Yeah. Yeah, they they ranked dead last, and just and Roger just attempts, just attempts alone, yeah. they were just yeah. dead last. Um, but at the same time, you as a coach, um, you know, you've been there, you've done that. You, you hear some of the criticism heaped on Chip England. You know, like, well, if he's all this, then what the WTF? You know, what happened? You know, yeah. um, how, you know, and again, if I don't mean to put you on the spot here, you know, but when a team is struggling like that, I mean, how how much does that fall on a shooting coach? Whether it be 
the Spurs shooting coach, or just any other NBA teams? You know, is it really on on the coach? Is it the player? Is it a mixture of both? The personnel? Like, like how how would you sift through all that? Is this really? I I believe I believe it is really a another indication or indicator if we open our eyes to it and we stop accepting that well uh tonight we were knocking down everything we put we we were in paradise yeah wait that's what we that that's what we're going with uh two nights ago we couldn't well san antonio apparently can't knock them down that often okay well you know we're all everybody's off occasionally i mean we all have bad nights Mm -hmm. we accept that one the reality is based on this journey and based on the science that now I'm incorporating in shot making of, to, for players, is that this system that Chip is working with, that for those who are even buying in, is riddled. I mean, I, I, I know this sounds so profound or, or ridiculous to some people, but it, it's, it's riddled with unnecessary challenges. Mm-hmm. It's riddled with them. It, it's not anyone's fault. Uh, except those, well, I hold them to a higher standard, and why shouldn't I? Sure. I'm, part of my frustration is, wait, I read every book I could get my hands on written by anybody who considered themselves a shooting coach. Dr. Whistle, doc, I, maybe I shouldn't name people, but my God, if they wrote about how to become a better shooter, I got my hands on it and read it. I wanted to become yeah. the best I could. Be. Why didn't, I'm not a genius. Why did I? Check my my ego or whatever it was, and said, "Look, I'm not happy about finding out that what I had uh, had caused me, in effect, had caused me to miss out on a lot of my childhood fun times my friends were experiencing because I had to go out and work in the, in the summer in the hot blacktop, trying to hone my skill of shooting based on mm-hmm. what I was told and instructed to do by the gurus." Only to find out decades later that it might not have been the best thing to do. Why didn't mm-hmm. one of them discover it? And it comes back to the fact that it's hard to change. People become yeah. comfortable at every level. And, and, the, and we all have biases. And the people that I have the most difficulty talking to are the people who are at the higher levels of basketball, mm-hmm. especially if they're a coach. Why? Because it's too hard for them to accept or believe mm-hmm. what what I'm saying. It's right. just too hard. Despite that I've said to some of them, face-to-face, bring out a player. I don't even have to change. I'll stay wow. in the clothes I'm in. And you tell me, what you, you, in five minutes, you're going to find out whether he can block my shot at six feet eight, him, me at six, out of shape, overweight, <laughs> uh, a, a skeleton of the athlete I was, and yet I can get off a shot against somebody like that. Wow. And that is if amazing. I get it off, the probability is not anywhere in the neighborhood of 45 or 55% or 50% from the, if I get that shot off, the longer, the further out I am, I expect the probability of that shot going in to be greater. What yeah. did I just yeah. say? I expect the probability of a, a further out shot to be greater, higher. I'm shooting at a higher percentage, or mm-hmm. should be, than I am if I get closer. Wow. 
let's start getting into that mid that mid range area. Yeah. I've got to worry about can help defenders mm-hmm. out there, twenty five feet, twenty eight feet. But the, the help defense is twenty feet to the east of me, twenty feet to the west of me. There's only one guy guarding me in front of me. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm going to pull up and shoot. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. So, so if I know that and I have that advantage, I mean, how many times are you watching a truly contested three point shot? being taken in at the collegiate level or the NBA or the WNBA level. A bona fide contested shot where mm-hmm. the guy or woman might have actually altered it mm-hmm. while he shot it, other than a last second desperation attempt. Right. No, you, Most you, you coaches break... yeah. right, wouldn't allow yeah. you to stay in the game taking yeah. those kinds of shots. Yeah. But yet, well, you know, it's a longer shot. It's mm-hmm. further out. I would contend that that's absolutely bull. Wow. The further out I am, uh, the more confidence I've got. And by the way, that load factor everybody's talking about and how we've got to rest players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is one of my favorite players, even though he just mechanically he's not, he could be even better. He, he's figured this out. He plays a third of the length, a third of a season as compared to most other players. He comes across that midcourt line, and others are beginning to do it. Damian, they come over across. They're looking for the basket. Mm-hmm. I shoot from here, knock it down. I'm back belly. I'm on defense in, in four steps, three steps, two right. steps. I'm back on D. Okay, next play. I come down. I put it up, even if it doesn't go in. I'm back on D before anybody. Wait, right. how much court is he? Compare that to an Allen Iverson who used to bring the ball up court 94 feet, uh, play with it, and then try to score, and then mm-hmm. run all the way back to get on D. So that load man can be facilitated or mitigated by virtue of that long ball becoming more proficient. And and it's unfortunate for the San Antonio Spurs, and I, I it's hard for me to feel much compassion, I hate to say this, for somebody like Chip, because what he's teaching, there's only one person who truly knows it's, it's a very difficult process mm-hmm. to master. I was yeah. the guy who had apparently mastered it, and I'm telling you, it comparatively, and this is the advantage I've got, comparatively, well, they don't have it comparatively. Mm-hmm. They've stuck with that same system from day one. They've never wow. changed anything. I've completely abandoned it. That's how bad. Why would why would I hold on to something? Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. worth it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you fast forward to this season. You know, um, Popovich is just you know pleading with the players like take the open shot, take the three. You know, go for, have it, have at it. You, you know, even last season, Roger, there was a moment captured where uh, Popovich is talking to DeJounte Murray and telling him, just go for it. I don't care if you miss it. At the end of the day, you're still going to get paid and your family's going to love you. That's how desperate the Spurs <laughs> were trying to get these players to just at least attempt threes because the Spurs were very shy from that department. Roger, we, we have a few more minutes left before we got to let you go. Um, just want to ask one more question. And this goes to... Uh, arena and depth perception and what I, why I read oh, yeah. this up because years ago the Spurs used to play in the Alamo Dome. It was not conducive. It wasn't a basketball arena. It was a football dome. Yeah. 
And um, a lot of players, uh, Spurs and, you know, visiting teams would say, oh, it's hard to shoot in in a dome versus an arena. Are you buying that? You know, I I do buy. There is some, in in my opinion, there is something to that. I believe that. Now, with that being said, if it becomes a, if it's a once, a once in a season occasion, then it's not, is it really worthy of talking even about? Mm-hmm. But if you're playing games there regularly, then aren't you becoming acclimated to that environment some way, mm-hmm. somehow, by virtue of the, the the repetitiveness of going there, finding out where those, you know, Larry Bird used to, to memorize the lights in the buildings, the arenas he played in. Why? Because you may get a glare. Uh, you may see a light bulb catch your left eye or your right eye while you're attempting a shot. Well, that that should affect you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, well, what do I do about it? Ask them to change the lights? Oh, I, maybe, <laughs> right? I don't, maybe I don't shoot there. I wouldn't, I, here's, here's what I would say. Uh, this is what I would do. I wouldn't shoot there. I know not to go over that area. Yeah. And once I go, if I'm shooting in a warm-up prior to the game, I'm going over there to remind me that, oh, yeah, this is where I don't want to shoot from. Now, who's yeah. dribbling the ball? Who's got the ball? I do. I dictate where I shoot from, when I shoot from, against whom I shoot from, and whether or not I even want to draw off while I'm shooting. And that is a lot of control. That, so I can't put a tremendous amount of credence in it. But isn't it interesting because those teams, and Popovich's team is, is, is one of them, how much would they or could they benefit if they used a another shot that has proven to be to create a higher probability of it going mm-hmm. in compared to the shots that they're commonly taking instead of that shot? Absolutely. Now, that Absolutely. sounds pretty nebulous, mm-hmm. but what I'm talking about is a shot that is so underutilized, under-trained, or ill-trained called the bank shot. And boy, did they have a guy, right? Did they have a guy who used that? And and I'm talking about the bank shot. Now, here's a a wild statement, but I've got a lot of evidence to support it and experience to support it. From three areas of the court, the probability of a bank shot going in could be as high as 25%. Wow. Well, Timmy knew what Timmy knew what he was doing then, huh? He, Tim Duncan he knew. sure did. Yeah. Hey, uh, Roger, we're running out of time here, and we do not want to let you go without uh, mentioning where people can check out your work. Uh, go to rogergalo.com right now. He is the co-founder, or the founder, excuse me, of the Galo basketball shot making system. Read all about it there. There's a number you can reach him at. Contact him. Read all the testimonials. Make sure to follow him on Twitter for all the latest updates right now. It's, it's at Galo or Galo Method, G A L O Method. Uh, Roger, appreciate you hopping on. I, I'm assuming then your, your favorite shooting spur then is Tim Duncan because of the use of the bank shot. <laughs> Well, as a bank, as, as a role model for bank shooting and placement of the ball, yeah, yeah. He, even as tall as he was, he placed it well up there, and that's a huge advantage. I mentioned geometry; that's that's a big part of that shot. Yeah, absolutely. So he was, yeah, um, he, he was a good one. 
All right, Roger. Thank, thank, you, thank you so for, much for having me on, Jeff. Not a problem. Thank you, Roger, for hopping on. So for Roger Galo, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.